You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Oh, Dan, Dan started off the podcast by touching my leg. Oh, that's going to go so, weird directions. Yeah, well, that's naturally how it goes. Yeah. Uh, before we go into hunting season and forget, I just got to give a quick thank you to our friends at Gunbroker. Yes. Have you been on there shopping for hunting season, Dan? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm still, you know, I tricked out my gun my 30 30 last season and then shoot a deer with it so i'm trying not to <laughs> move on to the next gun i did look on gun broker for the um the new springfield waypoint uh-huh. uh 2020 waypoint they have like a new one with like a backpacker stock i did peek on mm. gun broker gun broker for those um think about how i could afford one of those but are I they expensive uh relatively you know I think I think for you know the new one has like a carbon fiber wrapped barrel. That doesn't sound cheap. Uh, so if you look at other guns that have that, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. But compared to your traditional Mossberg hunting rifle, it's you know I want to say it's like twelve hundred dollars, maybe a little more. Yeah. I know um, it's kind of funny because every time we do a no low ballers, the guys are all like. It's like our own time goes up on Gunbroker because everybody starts getting curious about whatever we talked about. Yep. So kind of funny. Yep. All the historical guns and stuff we've been going over. It's wild to see all the different things you can buy. How much have you spent on your bow so far this year? Because I feel like year, you were doing a lot of like maintenance. and Did you upgrade anything? Uh, so I got it restrung, uh, new string, and then the like they did the setup and everything. It's all kind of like a package. I think that was like one, 160 I think, and then I had to buy a um, drop-away rest, QAD drop-away rest, and I just got, like, a Hunter one. It's not, like, a big fancy competition one. It's, like, $60. So I'm, like, a little over a couple hundred bucks, and then I bought, I don't know if this counts, Broadheads. Does that count? Yeah. Uh, So that would be another 45 so that puts us at about 250 Doing better than you. Oh yeah? yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm I'm zero dollars in the hole on my okay. bow. Okay. So. Oh, right. Well, good you just you. jinxed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I I have not spent on anything. Yeah. I just uh well. That's good. So the the funny thing because you guys were kept like trying to get me to go shoot, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know, man. I have I'm, I gotta get my sight back on there because I let Matt borrow my sight to go out west last year. Yeah. And I had his Garmin, and then he came back and I like, took the site that I'd been shooting with all summer, because basically we just never ended up trading back. Yeah. And and then it got to be gun season, and I was tagged out, so I was done. Yeah. And I, I shamefully had not shot. And I'm like, dude, this is going to be so hard to get. I'm just like, it's going to take me longer than I want to do. I, I've only got like 30-minute windows with just with all the kids' activities and stuff right now. And I went out, and I threw the sight on. My son came out with me, and I, he wants to shoot archery next year. So I was showing him some stuff. And, dude, like 30 minutes, I was w- right back in, and yeah. everything was ready, to, which I didn't change anything. So it was the same arrows, same um, broadheads and everything. And yeah. it's like, wow, all right. I was shooting uh, looser groups than I'd like to, but I mean, it's still dead deer. Yeah, de- all yeah. Of those are dead deer. And you were yeah. at 30 yards? I have it out to uh, – I, I had checked my broadheads out to 25 right now. Um, at where I'm hunting right now, 
I probably wouldn't shoot. There, there's time, like I was telling you guys over the weekend, there's times where I can see deer at 108. Yeah. Um, but there's no good shots really past 25 because they start getting into the tree rows of trees. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess I'll tell my story first. Yeah. I'm kind of already Get getting it. it. I'm getting yeah. in it. Let's go. Um, so I, there, I'm hunting a tree farm and so there's rows of trees and <laughs> it gets into, there's guide wires and there's branches and like to be talked about later. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you can see the, uh, bruise on my nose, we'll get there. Um, but so like, I feel like even if I thought I had a clear shot, I probably wouldn't take it because of those guide wires and just, there's a lot of stuff that I might not be able to see. Yeah. And the, the tree I'm in, the branches start to like, I'm going to eventually kind of peek out on how far out I could go. Yeah. So like there's, there's one side that I could definitely get out to 30, but I'm like, I, Every deer that they were coming right through where I hoped for. Perfect. So this long story for anybody, the the, the quick backstory on why I'm hunting a random tree farm in suburbia uh, is my hunting spot. The guy that owns it has let me hunt there for free for five years. And I, a family member wanted to hunt there and they paid for it this year. And uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. And I was very grateful to have even, I've yeah. killed a lot of deer out there. Um, so I, I had a backup. Some of these guys may have heard me tell the poacher story last year or the year before where I had set up on another tree farm just to, to test it out and ended up um, poachers came in, tore out my blind, were walking around. I had them on camera with shotguns, and that that spot just made me nervous. It's like I don't really want to get in there. If somebody's this protective of whatever, it's not worth it to me. Plus, I didn't have any good deer on camera, really. Like, I had a couple – you know, three year old, eight, three and a half year old, eight points on there, but it wasn't like it. It's not like I had this freak in there that I'm like, Oh, it's worth dying. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it must be so, a pretty big deer. <laughs> yeah. So the, I ended up sitting up at this other one, which is where my son and I've been fishing. And, um, you know, I caught a really nice bass over there last year. We've been hanging out over there. He loves going over there. He chased the geese around and, um, it's been a fun little spot for us to have access to. And I, I finally threw up a camera and dude, my phone goes off just all the time, uh, throughout the day. But what's funny is I'm getting during the day, I'm getting all the guys that work at there. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in, they're getting the, taking care of the plants or they're, they're coming in to get a tree to take to, to a client. And the deer are like clockwork because they know that the places it's like, it has human activity on it up until five o'clock, mm-hmm. six o'clock on the money I, yeah. I, I, on the dot, dude, they start showing up. And so uh, I, I knew it was going to be pretty consistent of like, that would be the time just from what I'd seen. What I hadn't thought about is, um, the, the camera set, I've had it set up two different directions now. And I didn't, I didn't realize how far it was not capturing. Dude, it turned into a deer party on, <laughs> on whatever, what was it, Friday or Saturday night? It was Saturday. Uh, Saturday yeah. yeah. Cause the uh, Kentucky was getting demolished by Georgia. Um, mm, so gosh. the, yeah, I ended up not watching the rest of that game. I listened to the radio on the way home and I was like, ah, I don't need to <laughs> better not. Yeah. Let's off. just spare myself. <laughs> um, but dude, I, I, so I saw the first deer come in at like a little after six and I had come up, I set up in a real thin tree with my saddle which i love that you can do that on a saddle yeah and it was perfect um but he came in way down there and i immediately knew what it was i knew it was it, i have a thicker six point that's kind of got a tight ba- uh rack on him and i was like all right cool first one in i i knew there would be more coming in and i watched him for like 30 minutes and then the uh i've told you guys about this four point i have on that yeah. i think is really old 
he's kind of the boss daddy, and it doesn't really make sense when you look at his rack. It's almost like he's just gotten used to being the boss. Yeah. Because typically, when you think of him, like anytime you see him fighting, there's like the big buck yeah. is running off the smaller buck, right? right. This buck doesn't. I, even when I saw him in person, he doesn't look that impressive on any any account. But he came in and he was putting the six point in place. There was a spike or not a spike. It was like a forky came in. He's putting him in his place, and I got to watch them spar, and they sparred for like two hours. I could Dang. hear them sparring as they walked down through the trees, and uh, and then there's uh, more deer start coming in, and at one point I had a. Um, crashing coming into me and i get my bow i i get ready you know um have my bow i'm holding my bow and i see him coming and i knew he was getting ready to hit my scent wall Mm. and this was so cool this is the value of urban hunting i'm like if he hits my scent wall he's gone and Mm -hmm. i didn't even know what he was yet i watched him come in he smelled it and he stopped dead on and looked up and he couldn't really see me very well because there was uh, foliage in between us he thought about it, and he took off and ran back. He ran about two big jumps, and then he thought about it. And he's like, eh, whatever. It, it was like <laughs> – They're like, always out here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, whatever. dude. And so he came back, and I was like, wow, I don't know if I've ever seen one retreat from a scent wall and then come back to it. Yeah. Um, it, just from, like, hunting on public or on, on private farms, like big farms. And and so he came back through it, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, right and then he, he walked right now. I sent you a picture of him under my stand. He ended oh, up walking. Nine. Yeah. I, I had a, there was a big rock out there that I had that I knew was 15. And he walked right on it. Like I could have, I could have pegged that deer perfectly. Um, but he, he's like a young nine point And I'm like, dude, he's not even top five that I have on my camera. Yeah. I don't even know if he's top eight. Even, yeah, he's like nine point deer. Like, I, I, beggars can't be choosers. I don't know how many times I'm going to get out, blah, blah, blah. All the things telling you you should shoot the deer. But I'm yeah. like, I'm like, there's no way in the first 90 minutes of hunting, or I guess I would be out there for a couple hours at that point. I'm like, there's no way I'm shooting this deer. And so he goes off. And then I think I had nine deer right at sunset that had come through Jeez. one doe. And only Just one of them bucks. was a tiny buck. The rest of them were decent, you know, between six and nine point bucks and they were they would they'll all be dead deer in december like they'd be a yeah, dead yeah. deer in december right i would yeah. shoot any of those at the end of the season right some guy on go wild even said he's like you know the saying about don't pass on something early that you'd shoot late and i'm like yeah. i know man but it's like first yeah. day out yeah and so i uh i start to realize though that i'm in a bit of a conundrum in that i'm on the back of this property and there are deer everywhere on the way to my car Mm. and it's getting dark and i didn't bring a flashlight because i forgot but then i'm like i can't use one anyways because they're gonna see it Mm. and so i start thinking about this i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to wait until they kind of clear out and then try to go to one edge or another whichever one i think they're not on and so i shooting light ends um actually right at shoot three minutes before shooting light ends uh here crashing again but this time it was a doe Mm. and two fawns come on out and I'm like, great, she's going to sit here for forever. I'm going to have to wait on her to mosey on out. Well, she she gets out pretty quick. And so I quietly drop my bow, and this is two minutes after shooting light ends. My bow hits the ground, and the second it hits the ground, I hear loud crashing. Like, I knew it was a buck. He comes thrashing in. And I see the rack, and my heart didn't jump. It's like I, so. This is coming from behind you. Came, yeah. Well, they're from. It's kind of like just to my Off right. To side, I could see yeah. him very well, um, but my heart rate didn't even jump because I ha- there's no option to shoot. So it's like oh. I didn't even. I just like yep, that is a big old deer. 
he comes in, he's got a big body. I mean, I, I don't, it's hard. I don't have a scale when I usually weigh him, but I would guess like around here, like 180 to a 200 pound deer is a big deer. He was a big deer. Yeah. And he, I see his body and then I see just mass oh, coming man. in, dude. I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know that I, I have seen him on camera up close. Okay. Um, I couldn't really tell how tall he was because I mean it's it's dark at this point, but like I can just see the white of his mass come out, and he's he's even got the big neck, and it's not even rut yet, but he's got like this big, he just come out like he was the boss, and he walked right up. I'd put a, a scrape with a little bit of buck pee in it just to get him to stop if I wanted to shoot in case they were coming through there. He did it perfect. Mm. You know, if I was an unethical turd, I could have <laughs> I could have popped this thing. He was at 15 yards. He stopped on my scrape and he sniffed it for a bit and then he walked on out like oh. super confident. But I was like, I was excited because I'm like, dude, I mean, I've, I, and I knew I probably had a trail camera picture of him, but it's not, it's blurry oh. and it doesn't, I saw him in person and the, the picture, it's like, I know, this is not, I'm going to have to go and see if I can get the video and see if I can see a little bit better yeah. of what he was. Yeah. But he walks out and I'm like, okay, um, I got to wait on him to get out now. And then another doe comes out. Jeez, so at that dude. point, there's 13 out here somewhere that I've seen come in. And I'm, I'm like, I got, I got a ninja sneak out of here. So I come down and I, I cross the gravel to get to the grass and I'm walking in that and it's pretty quiet. Um, but then I get to the far corner, which, and then I've got two tenths of a mile walk to my car and I bust out three deer that I didn't know were in there. So there's 16 deer now oh that were gosh. in there. And I, I think two of those were bucks from what I could see running away from me. Um, but they go crashing over the fence and then I'm like, all right, I gotta get more in the, I, I just completely, I, I thought there wasn't God wires over here. And so I, I start walking through this one part and I'm, I wasn't walking super fast, but I was trying to, you know, get out of there unnoticed. Um, and so didn't want to like linger. Uh, I'm like, okay, I just, I just blew them out. I've got an open shot over to my car. I'm going to kind of mosey on out of here. Dude, I hit a guide wire with my eye, and I hit it so hard it ripped my contact in half on my oh. left side. <laughs> and it it what my my I had a big like uh, pinky size welt on my eye right here, uh, so I couldn't see anything out of my left eye until I got to the car and I was able to get the contact out. Um, and, but I'm like, dude, this is nuts. Like this was the first day. It's it's only going to get better over the next two weeks yeah. because the, the that was right at the front end of this cold front mm -hmm. and it wasn't even that cold. No. Uh, once they get moving, I'm, I'm super pumped up. dude. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I'll get a decent buck. I think, um, so is that one you saw last night? Is that your new target buck? He's not even the target dude. Mm -hmm. He, I've got two or three on camera that would make him look like a no brainer to not shoot. Um, but the, none of them are like super super beefy like that that one had mass to him but like they're not like um you know i've seen some of like zach's deer the vakurovich is like it's not i'm not saying there's anything like that but for a dude like me like this this over here was last year's i think uh i've got that one on the wall up there is pretty beefy for like that's probably the thickest mass i've got um but i've got at least three that would make that one look like a little tiny you know, Jeez, I mean, there, there's, I'll show you, I, I probably sent you a few, but, and I was talking to Mike Larson about, it. he's like, dude, you're kind of sitting on the sweet honey hole. Um, yeah. cause they're all, there's that pond in there mm -hmm. and, um, they're all at congregating in there and there are other ponds in the area. It's just not a lot though. 
and and I've got all the does coming in there, um, and it's it's just like this natural spot because there's houses, mm-hmm. and so there's this natural trail that they're kind of walking through uh, in the evening, and and the the other benefit is they there's no timing issue because they're not going to be there during the day. Yeah. Right. They've, they've yeah. learned to not come in there during the day. So it's kind of fun. I, uh, you know, I, I do wish I had my spot that I could have normally done because it's super fun to be out in the woods and feel like, you know, you feel like you're a little more challenged and I've got a public spot I might do in rifle cause I can't hunt rifle at this spot, but dude, it's just, it's, it's a different nut to crack than what yeah. I'm used to. And, um, I'm, I'm excited about trying to figure it out. It'll be interesting to see, how much their behavior changes, you know, versus, mm-hmm. you know, cause gun season, a lot of times out where I hunt, it's crazy. I've heard 200 shots in a day and they'll get real scattered out. So that won't happen here. So that'll be cool to see if like, uh, if that happens. And then also like, I've kind of thought about like, there's so much noise here. I wonder if I can even hunt the rut like I normally would with calls, you know, cause yeah. the, I, I mean, dude, I'm hearing radios. I'm hearing people talking. There was a bonfire going, there's motorcycles so and crazy. it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's truly weird. Um, but I'm like, I don't even know how effectively I could call, uh, with all this suburban noise going on. There's lawnmowers, yeah. but they don't care. They don't care yeah. about any of it. Yeah. No, that's, that's the crazy thing. Like seek one, like their whole way they roll. Like you might be watching them a little bit this season to try to pick up some of their cues. Yeah, and like, know, how right? they, like that. It's just, it's like a very, it seems like small group of people that get to hunt like that real urban setting. Like it's not, I th- well, I think more people could unlock these kind of opportunities. Yeah. Um, they have a whole like seek class one, on Yeah. It. Seek yeah. one's like the, you know, they <clears throat> have really built up a, a process for knocking on doors, you know? Yeah. I mean, they go on road trips and target areas and they'll go knocking and explain what they do. And yeah. anybody could do that. Just most people don't want to. Seems I, like them now though. They're getting calls of like, Oh, Hey, yeah. there's this donkey in the cemetery. <laughs> like you need to, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, uh, read this article and I'll probably get all the details wrong, but in some anti hunting city state, I want to say it was Baltimore, but it was somewhere Northeast and they have a, a park like a, uh, um, a Cherokee park type urban park. That's real nice. And I want to say it's like a 20, 20 or maybe a hundred acre park. And they say they have like a herd of like 400 deer that are just like demolishing it and just go around as a pack. And so they're opening it up for a quota archery hunt and almost like a depredation hunt. Uh, And so they're like taking applications and they're like, they've never seen so much people apply for it. It'd be like shooting fish in a literal barrel. (laughs) So, well, that's the funny part of this. My buddy called me last week freaking out. He's like, dude, they're shredding our trees right now. Can you come out here and help? I'm like, I, I got a cap on one buck, dude. Yeah. So like, I yeah. I can try, but like, you kind of have to have somebody else help. Cause I'm surprised that his workers don't want to do it. Well, so he's got some teammates that they think their spouses might come out. Mm-hmm. But I told him about those permits, and he's looking into it. Um, he's like, whatever we got to do, uh, whatever we got to do to get them out of here. What permits? Um, like, like a depredation permit to where you can. Or you said depred. Predation. I, I say depredation. I say everything wrong, so now I'm questioning how uh-huh. I've always said it. But Depredate, I, yours sounds more correct. I don't know. But the it's basically a permit that if they're destroying property, you can apply with the state and you can take them off as long as they're destroying property. But I was walking out on Saturday and I mean, I saw what he was talking about there. I mean, and, and we're just getting it. I told him, I said, this is yeah. only going to get worse. Yeah. I said, I, and I don't know the answer to this. It'd be interesting if some go wild members who are smarter would tell me. I said, from what I've seen, 
I would leave the trees that they're already rubbing in place yeah. and don't try to deter them from those trees anymore because they're going to they're going to rub and they typically will refresh those. So if it were me, I wouldn't try to prevent it at this point because they're just going to start tearing up other trees, I think. I don't know, but that was yeah. what my gut said. But you know in the woods like they typically are hitting the same spots. Well, the the concern I guess would be like a rub line. Like if they, uh, they started, have a rub line. So they have but, but, a rub line. But they're already. but they're hitting the Very, same ones. They already have, yeah. They're basically coming on, I saw on the outside of the the row I was walking. Now on, it was interesting though, it's not trees like you would see in the woods because they have those protected. They have um, like a, some kind of barrier around them that w- was enough to deter a rub, but it's happening on like their shrubs and stuff. And And, and I've even seen it on their evergreens over there, um, uh-huh. like the small uh, green giants, you know what that tree uh-huh. is? Yeah. I've seen them clean a foot off of a green giant tree, which is not typically a tree that they. I feel like I would have seen in the woods because it's like harder to get into. Usually, that's like an opportunist, right? They're, they're going to pick a convenient tree, and I would. I wouldn't say like cleaning off a eight inch section of an evergreen like that's. I don't know. I just haven't seen that as much yeah. in the woods. It's usually like there's this opening spot where they can get to it really good, and they're going to shred all the bark off of that side. Yeah. But they've taken limbs off of these things. They can't sell these trees anymore. Huh. So it's costing them. I mean, yeah. these trees are hundreds of dollars a piece. Yeah. And they're they're hitting dozens of them in this tree farm. Oh. Yeah. Old Brad might be shooting a couple bucks out there. I mean, I was like, if, <laughs> if you, you get, it, get it, well, then I was like, dude, I don't even have the freezer space. But I was like, I don't know, somebody over here, Hunters like, hungry or well, or or like the office. Um, mm-hmm. And I told them, I was like, if you want to get it processed, I could throw the leg in the freezer and you can take it down or whatever. I was like, I'm not processing you know, all these deer to hand out to your office, but I'll take it to my guys, you know? So that's, that's how that works. And like, he could, like, he could have you out there and say like, here's one of my depredation tags, or here's three of my depredation tags. And you could kill multiple bucks in a year. I briefly read on the state website and, um, I w- if he gets this done, I will definitely check it <laughs> because I don't want to yeah. screw this up, no. but, um, it looks like it's up to the landowner. If the landowner has the tag, they, you have a right to take as much as you need to that makes me kind of wonder do you have to uh i mean i I understand morally we wouldn't kill a deer without consuming it but do you have to could you theoretically have it where you just leaving them out in a field uh i don't know i don't know uh can i i honestly don't know the law around that but Mm -hmm. um i almost like a predator sort of yeah i don't know who in the right mind would leave delicious venison laying out but um yeah yeah i don't know the answer to that but i mean i told him if i if we end up in that situation and he wants me to come out and try like like had i shot that nine if i if i had one of those tags i probably would have right Right. because it's like why not i can come back and try again and i'm helping him like dude they're so overpopulated there i mean it was nuts um just in the small time frame i mean from six to 750 i got 16 deer on top of me yeah thank goodness he hasn't fenced it in because that would seem like kind of an investment that would pay for itself. It would have to be a really seasons. tall fence. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It would have to be a tall fence. And plus, you got so many people. I imagine during the day, they just leave the gate open at the front. And yeah, you could do. You can do it. Um, actually, I was driving over by, um, over through the area over here next to, on the way to a Cub Scout meeting, and um, there's a farm over there in Anchorage that has farm. They've fenced in a high fence, eight foot tall, all the way around. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to keep the deer out. Hmm. They they may end up doing that over here, uh, yeah, but the problem I mean fences get holes. I mean they 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 have a fence on one side and it's you know it's kind of trees have fallen on it and everything and it is it is a tough battle. 
Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder about that farm that we hunt in Indiana. Like they they're wanting us to kill you know as many as as many deer as we can ourselves and then bring like people out there to do the same and they factored up i haven't seen the number but they factored up like how much money and damage deer do to their property every year and it makes me they wonder could, like they could apply they uh, could pretty much every state's got some kind of permit like that what'd you get into uh well we went out there um saturday same day you went hunting just with the cold front coming in we were trying to make friday evening work but that's just just not really uh it wasn't feasible so um we went out saturday evening and really kind of worked out that it didn't get very cold friday night like i mean it was maybe 50s yeah um i was cold i was cold because i only had a hoodie on uh, friday night yeah yeah it was probably like 70s down to 50s it went it was a pretty big drop and it was super windy yeah and then saturday went from like 70s down to like low 40s yeah and it basically dropped i forget i mean it was like 10 12 degrees in like 40 minutes yeah. or something like that between i think it was like 6 p.m and like 7 that's what I, I went from sweating to cold yeah and it was tough like so we went out there and we we hiked in and set up kind of on the same like soy field um i was on one part looking into the woods and then looking out over the soy and then he was in kind of like a peninsula where he could see kind of both sides um, see out into like two different soy fields, um, really only had a good shot at, at one, um, especially just with archery. Uh, so we were trying to get like, basically we were hunting like soy edges and then I was hunting kind of like a corner in the woods a little bit. Um, and really just out there, we got up at like three forty-five, and the whole play was like, hopefully it gets hot from like six forty-five to like, you know, seven I think we had till like 749 or something like that. So that last like hour or whatever. And the wind was like perfect when we got, when we got out there. Um, but then like slowly, I mean, it was swirling a lot. It was not like a good consistent wind. And, Mm -hmm. um, it finally temperature started dropping and started kind of like feeling and looking really deary. Um, we were kind of getting excited there at the end, but, I only ended up seeing one doe like out of range in the field um, and didn't have any really like work that field edge that I needed him to work. If it was gun season, it would have been a poke, but I mean, it could have been, you know, maybe possible, but just with archery, obviously trying to get close, we didn't have a, neither one of us had a shot. Um, and I had just like the worst set ever. Like I did, I'm using these new like uh, am still daisy chain ropes instead of my normal just like regular rope tie half hitch knot and all that stuff and the amstel worked fantastic on the sticks and i had tried like practice with my platform like on the ground like i didn't climb all the way up and do the whole thing i was just like okay i see how this works and i was having a really hard time like getting it to to be like steady against the tree like it just had like a lot of play yeah. like a lot of flex and when i was standing using on a predator platform yeah um and so i kind of I climb, like I was having a hard time finding like a really good tree. And so it was one of those situations where I'm like, all right, this one has like the best shooting lanes. It's not perfect, but I can make it work. And so like it was set up like basically where I wanted to put my platform. There's like a branch coming off at like the exact height that I wanted to put my platform and then go up like two feet. And there's a branch off the back, like about where I wanted to put my tree tether. Um, and so I'm like up there having to kind of like manage around this giant limb in the way of trying to get this new am steel rope on the platform that i'd never 
used like that before and I just struggled for like 15 minutes and just like could not get it I'm like starting to sweat and getting pissed and I actually ended up climbing up on it and I got on it and was standing there and I was like nope 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 <laughs> like it was flexing and I was like that was and I truthfully kind of started rationalizing a little bit I'm like I'm not gonna move that much like I'll probably yeah, be right. fine you know and as soon as I did it I was like the fact that you're doing this right yeah. now like you need to get down so I got down and I brought my cam strap just in case it didn't work. And so I dug that out and then ended up just using that. Why, why'd you on. change your strap? It's just like, if you can, if, if I can figure it out, it's really fast. Like, cause it's literally just a daisy chain and you literally go around the tree and then you put it on the post and then it's, it's done. You don't have to tighten it or do any of the stuff like that that you have to do with a cam strap. Um, it's lighter, uh, but to be honest, like, I don't really care. Like it's not. I'm yeah. not too worried about weight. I'm not going 16 miles back. It's yeah. it's it's fine. Um, so it's just more of like a speed thing, convenience thing, where I could just. I always hate having that cam strap up there and having to like reach around the tree or do whatever to like get and like actually pull and cinch it down and get it into like a tight position. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna use this am steel, and I just I couldn't get it to work. And I think the big problem was that big limb in the way and me not having a bunch of experience with it. So. I'm going to try again uh, and just keep bringing the cam strap in case, you know, I can't use it. I can at least safely put it up there. But, yeah, so then it was at, like, I still had, like, a weird angle with the platform. So, like, my calves are super sore, yeah. like, from uh, being that my back is all sore. and My neck was really sore because I hadn't been in the saddle in yeah. a year. And it took me um, probably 25 minutes to get everything because I was kind of, uh, going up the tree and I, I went up first too high and I was like, I, I had a branch right up my head and I was like, I come back down, had to drop a, a stick down and just constant, you know, read deciding where I was going to go up that first time. So how do you, I was at Brandon and I were talking about this this morning. How, what is your posture in the tree when you're not, you know, prepared to shoot. Like you don't see a deer, you know, no deer around. You're just hanging. I out. have to change it all the time. Like I'll, I'll sit for maybe half an hour to an hour one way, and then I'll adjust it, tighten it up and have it. So I'll, I'll first kind of really be sitting in it with my knees in the tree. So you're putting your and, knees together. Up yeah. Against and I have the, some knee pads that I picked up online, just cheap ones that work fine. Um, and then I will, uh, once, once that starts to get to me, cause what, what I find is that starts to cut into my like it's almost like nerve pain. That's what oh. hip, hip pinch. Yeah, I get I get pinched and then I will uh, let out slack of my uh, tree line and then I will like kind of like sofa it a little bit more. Do you use a recliner? I don't, but my I think my seat might be a little bit bigger than some do, of the seats you guys you, use. Do you use a recliner? Yeah, that I was the I biggest, didn't use it last time. That was the biggest yeah. difference for me. I got the trophy line one that's a little bit uh, thicker than the tethered one. Man, it makes a huge. Well, that's what difference. I have. So maybe it is a recliner. I I wouldn't have thought it was, but uh, I mean, you know, the separate recliner thing that. Oh, goes like in, oh, it's a separate. Like no, okay, no, I don't have that. Mm. Um, but that's not really as much. Of, my issue is the weight on the seat that usually starts to pinch, like the yeah. hip pinch, as you said. Do you ever? Because I do this. Do you ever what I like to call koala bear the tree? <laughs> He's telling me about this. This where one. you just like I'll have my pack in front of me. Uh, on the tree, my backpack strapped to the tree. And then I'll put one leg on either side of the tree, almost like I'm a koala bear hugging the tree. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll, sometimes I'll put my arms up on my pack, you know, and the 
the trunks <laughs> two inches from I my just, face. I, I just got a visual of walking up on you in the woods like this. Just like no, a little, just I like haven't a little done koala bear. Well, I mean, I listen. I'll try anything because I I do get um, I do find that this. I mean, there's just no question to me on like a long sit. The saddle is not as comfortable on a long day. Like no. I just don't think it's. No. There's no way you could say it is. Um, as comfortable as like a, a buddy like stand. A ladder stand, yeah, ladder or stand, or like yeah. like you know, a padded ladder stand is totally comfortable. But yeah. but, but koala bears look comfortable. Listen, <laughs> it's true. It, it, I, yeah, They've I got hear it figured you. Out. I'm not I'm not even judging this yet. I'll try it this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, can't make fun of it until you give it a shot. No, but I, I'll do something kind of similar though, where I will shorten up, get myself close to the tree. And if I'm cold, I'll do this. Or if I just need a new position, I'll tuck my arms, like kind of like you're folding your arms like you were standing, put my hands in my armpits, and I'll just lean against the tree like mm-hmm. that. Have you ever fallen asleep in the saddle? I've fallen asleep. Not nodded off, but uh, like, but like you know. And then you're like, oh, it's 20 minutes after the last time I looked at <laughs> no, one. I, I don't know. I've done it as a koala bear, too. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine walking up on Dan snoring hanging from a tree yeah. <laughs> big bug walking right by yeah oh I uh I left my stuff out there oh okay um, nice like what all did you leave your platform your sticks all of it but one stick the stick I didn't use I brought back but the reason is because the noise I couldn't get down I was like there's no way I'm getting all this stuff mm-hmm. off this tree mm-hmm um, not that it's super loud. I actually think it's way quieter than a climber stand, obviously. But, oh yeah. But I mean, these deer, there's deer 20 yards from me when I came down mm-hmm. and I got out of there without them noticing, but, yeah. um, there, there was just no way I was taking all that off. So yeah. I had already kind of, there's only one other tree that I would probably hang in and it is where 70% of the deer came out, but the two shooters came out under my tree. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That could just be coincidence. Could be coincidence, but um I'm not I'm gonna go at least one more time there. And the other thing is the wind, if it's similar, it was at least blowing back towards the houses to where I have, you know, I mean those those two I did I didn't mention the doe, but I had a doe do the exact same thing on the wind uh, scent line. And she she ran off and then came back. Um, but it's it's at least got more of a chance to get back to those houses versus if I'm set up in the middle, I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, that's gonna spread everywhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I've left my saddle set up in a spot for like a week. I mean, like you know, some guys leave it much longer than that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to leave it out like in the sun uh, for obvious reasons because of the ropes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I was like, man. Probably talking about the next month. Uh, just been there. I think it's fine. Um, I would assume. I don't know. I wouldn't advise anybody else on what to do in that situation. But no, I've left hang-ons in trees for whole seasons, yeah. and like uh, I mean, I still got a climbing for... stand out in Shelby County, so so I can go pick that up. <laughs> Maybe that's the one you've been walking by. <laughs> that's what I was, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was how many people, you know, get, next season comes like an opportunity to hunt. How many people? What's the ratio of people who are like, oh, I gotta go back to this other property, hike in, pull down the old stand, or just like um, that stands just? Oh, that, I've seen. What's so illegal to leave? It is uh, on public. permanent stands out on public. Yeah, mine's on private. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do whatever. The one, the one that was on the land between the lakes, I saw was a climbing stand. Yeah, I which mean, I I've guess seen, you should be fine. Just I don't know if room. it's permanent, if that's technically permanent or you, not. You can't leave anything. You're not, you'd be considered littering, I guess, right? Yeah, leave it on the ground. You can't leave anything. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. The other, uh, the other benefit to pub, uh, private is I can screw into the tree. Yes, Ooh, that yeah, is yeah. that is great. So I, I have I have two hooks. Yeah. I, my whole setup. I mean, I will be in that tree and like. 
five minutes next time yeah dude i thought about for my grandpa's getting some of those uh screw in steps you know mm, like yeah. those little i think they look like kind of like a triangle or whatever and you just pop pop pop, pop every other foot up do the you tree. still have your ground blind that the poachers no, it got stolen with? it got stolen 350 dollar blind gun. wait it got stolen i thought it just got it either, ripped up when well on. it did and it one time on. the, the wind got it and i don't I think I think they probably the stole it. No, because the wind it would have caught. Oh, I remember that because you borrowed paracord from me once, right? Yeah. Or was that you? I don't know. Um, I got my own paracord. I don't borrow paracord well, from you, dude. You literally just bought paracord. I, uh, <laughs> Cabela's today. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I I I may have borrowed it. Oh, I think I did borrow it to tie it because I yeah, didn't have enough to tie down. I was trying to like anchor it. Yeah, and um, you're at the office. You're like, oh, I gotta go tie down my. My, yeah. My st- yeah. Well, I, I first when I went out there, I thought the wind had got it, but I'm like, I would see it. There's a fence, like it couldn't have rolled. Because your property seems like it'd be a really good spot for that. Where if you set it up, oh, I'm gonna build. I already talked to them. We're gonna build a permanent blind out there. Yeah. If you Ooh. if you set it up, deer would be used to it in a week. That's I told him because he started. He's like, you can build it now. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I was like, these deer are used to people, but I think putting. I said if we put a blind up, and I'm pretty sure this is true. I said if we put a blind up now they may start coming into the property on a part that's harder for me to hunt them. And so like, they're going to go away from the blind that we built. Yep. They'll start coming in on another corner where I may not have a tree or something to get to them. Like we have them coming where I need them. I have everything I need to kill them. Let's not build a blind right now. Yeah. But I told him I'd come back in the summer and throw one up. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah. That get a crossbow. I know. Pop I pop them across the whole property. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, like I said, for 20 yards, it's not hard to get, ready on a compound that'd be most unsatisfying hunt is a honey hole at a landscape place with a cross i don't know man i shot a deer in texas over corn and it was like feeding dogs uh i mean it really was the, the it, part of it was easy. it was like a make-a-wish hunt you know they they like they literally you know your dog hears the dog bowl and comes running they went out with the truck he had a feeder on the front of it and it was like Burr. And then he takes the truck away, and within 40 minutes, we had all these deer standing there in front of us eating the corn. Wow. Um, and I'm not knocking the Texas guys uh, because I even told those guys, I was like, I don't know how else you would hunt this here because yeah. they're in cacti, thick stuff. Like, yeah. you can't get to them. Right. And I remember butcher when I was butchering that deer, I was pulling barbs out that were, like, inch and a half long in their legs. Like, they were in some thick, nasty <laughs> stuff. And that's how you get them to come out. And I'm like, I don't judge it. And, I mean, it was a fun experience all the same. It was something Meat different. Meat good. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's totally different than, like, where I thought mm-hmm. I was going to end up because I, I was still, up until a few weeks ago, I thought it was going to be on public in Kentucky. I mean, So I was, is your rifle hunt, is it down in coal country? Yeah. Okay. I've got a spot down there that is probably stupid, but I think, I don't know. I don't know if I would hunt. It's a good spot for, like, archery. It would make me a little nervous for gun just being down there. On, it's too accessible. It makes me a little nervous that it's so accessible. Not from pressure, but for safety. Mm. Did I tell you that I got into the Taylorsville Lake quota hunt? Yes, because you were yeah. telling me you got into the waterfowl twice. <laughs> we got, <laughs> that is true, yeah. <laughs> so we you had two opportunities. Yeah, last year we had uh, – so Derek had a group already. It was him and Bardo and Quentin, um, and those three have, like, I don't know for how many years, but been put in for this uh, duck hunt. Um, in Kentucky, it's like one of the best places to, to go. And, uh, it's like points based. So like it's points based. And then if one guy gets drawn, he can bring three people with him. So they like, we're like, if we could get one more person to 
join in, then there's four of us, and if any one of the four of us get drawn each yeah, year, then that means we can all go. That well, so last year one of one of the four of us got drawn, and so all of us got to go duck hunting. We were like, "Woo, this is awesome!" Uh, so I got a point last year. I only got a point this year, but two of the four guys this year got drawn to do the quota. So now we get the way it works is you. They pick, got eight guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's different dates. Oh. So you get you have to That's pick cool. you have to pick two days and then so now we have two days in December and two days in January. I thought we were getting invited. <laughs> well, it dep- if people can't, uh, it's possible we have some people that may not be able to go. So it's like, you know, we could have you bring been people along. Hunting? Der- yeah, Derek one- makes it sound horrible. Like well, everything <laughs> I hate about hunting is I- like, oh yeah, you wake up super early. It's freezing cold, and then the way he describes it is if it's a good hunt. You're done in about five minutes. Like first light, shoot two yeah. birds, and then you leave. And if well, they if they fly off, you you may or may not see anything the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. which is how most hunts around I've here. It's it's like totally different experience. Like all the people that are like major duck hunters that like are super stoked on it, follow the migration pattern like down from freaking Canada to Louisiana and like have a whole. You know, they may not like follow it all the way, all the way, but they keep track of like where they are and they like set up. You know, we're going to this Airbnb, or we're going to go hunt with this guide, or we're going to go do. You know, we got property here, here, and here that we can go hit. Or, you know, you live in one of those states, and so you just keep track of when the flyway is going to be active, and you you know make your plans that way. Over here, we don't really have major flyways and stuff like they do over there that are just rolling over consistently, and so it's really difficult. And so. Most duck hunters around here are like sad boys when you talk to them. They sound like old war vets or something. It's like, it's just hard out there, you know. Uh, but Derek's going up to North Dakota on yep. that. He's doing he's doing the thing that, like, actually on YouTube, if you go watch, like, North Dakota duck hunting that time of year. I mean, it's just, like, and, nuts. And Derek will be back tomorrow to tell us about his bear hunt. Yeah, um, yeah. He's deer and bear hunting right now. Larson, I went up with Larson a few years ago and goose hunted. I just thought of him because he was posting on Go Wild this morning about his goose that he was smoking up. Mm. Um, and that was fun. I think it's the only time I've goose hunted was with, with Mike. I, I like a goose hunt. Yeah, I, I mean, it was fun. It was, it's like, it reminded me a lot of dove hunting because there's a lot of BS and, and then somebody sees a bird and it's like everybody gets quiet. Yeah. Um, that's like duck hunting too. Yeah. That's like when yeah. we were down there, I, it's that's, a blast. Yeah, you duck just, hunting, I think I've... I, I haven't bird hunted a ton. I've dove hunted a bunch, but I haven't waterfowl a ton. Um, there's there's things I like about it a lot. I still think, like, I don't think I could get into it the way that guys do. It's so freaking expensive compared to everything else. Yeah, it's expensive. It's tough if you don't have a dog, like, yeah. with you, you know. Uh, the, but, the whole time we were with Mike, um, his buddy brought out all the decoys, and I'm just sitting there tolling right. tol- tol- up in all my head. I'm like, this guy's got a side-by-side, a trailer, like, four grand worth of decoys. I mean, it's like, you are deep. Yeah. And like yeah. I told you, I, have, I didn't even spend a dollar. Besides my license, Yeah, this is going to be the cheapest meat per pound. Yeah. You know. The the cool thing about that one hunt we go on is like uh, not that many decoys required for these types of spots, but it's like all fixed blinds that are out there. And I think this year is the first year you're allowed like to Like provided hunt. by the state? Like Like they're built public there. Public blinds? Yeah. Ooh. Well, for the people that get drawn or whatever. Um, and so you just get to go out there and you just – you know it's a lottery each morning so you go up and like you say There's a game if i there. got drawn you go into this room and you say like it's me i'm the guy that got drawn They're like okay here's your lottery ball uh you write down the number and they put it in a little tumbler and everybody does that and then 
there's even people that'll like show up that haven't gotten drawn but if there's if they run out of people that got drawn they go to people that didn't and you can put your name in the hat for that day it's um, a big commitment for a maybe it is dude it <laughs> is yeah especially for us dude it's like hours to drive it's like but people it's like that live around the there do DMV it all the time and maybe not getting your license renewed exactly what it's like but then you so then it's like uh elimination you like first guy comes up it's like i want to hunt this unit or whatever okay so nobody else can pick that one each one like has its own blind and there's a map and it shows this is where the blind is is you're hunting over like dry ag or wet ag or you know whatever it is and then Derek, last time we were down there's like calling locals on like you know which one and so you kind of have like a strategy of this is my one two and three that i want to you know draw or whatever it's a it's a cool experience um but for us it's like a lot easier than like Derek has told me some stories of him hunting i think it's texas or oklahoma where they like slog through yeah like thigh high water and muck for like four miles into the spot and they shoot a lot of ducks but it's like you're slogging through ice and water it's a terrible we were just like a tenth of a mile into this fixed blind and get in there and hang out and it's those hunts are always fun to tell about later but when you're living it it's like yeah, yeah. absolute yeah. hell type two no. fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and it's sure. once in a lifetime fun you're never like let's do that again next year oh i don't know i don't know that. man me and derek with that bear last year you would do that again this season? Yeah, I've actually th- – I've. I mean, I, there's an open invite from Chris. I'm trying to get Braden and Jacob to go or you or somebody like to, to go and do it. And I'm like, I don't know, I'd probably go even though I'm, I'm like last man on the totem to shoot one. But it was so fun, fun, like air quoting. <laughs> Everything was fun up until like that four hours where Derek and I were like, we're so screwed. And then we hated our life until we got back to the truck and then they're handing us beers. And it's like, yeah, this is awesome again. This is great. It's like running the marathon, dude. I, I, yep. I drew that analogy this weekend because mm-hmm. Chicago was this weekend and I – it's like the nine-year anniversary of me almost dying at the Chicago Marathon. I was thinking about it. But there's there's like three points in my life that I've had that thought of like, I'm so stupid. Why do I do that to myself? And it's marathons, hunting in extreme cold, and then startup life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of parallels. Yeah. We were talking sure. about that at lunch of just like why, like how good hunting is for us. Like the you got to have some amount of like struggle. Yeah, we to, were yeah. talking about. We were talking about just student math scores and how everyone's failing math, and he was talking about how Bill Gates is trying to make math fun and easy. It's like, well, kids have to have something that's hard and difficult. You can't just have, like, everything through your life be easy. And we're like, hunting for us is kind of introducing something hard, you know, where you're kind of out in nature and it's on you to be successful or not. And I think you kind of need that in your life. I think you need that in your life. and But it does need to be something that like you have a chance at being good at like people that make their kids grind it out through sports for year after year when there's like obviously no hope that the kid wants to do it they don't have a gift to do this uh and they think they're going to like hone them in to be a pro player like i know a lot of people that do that to their kids and i'm like that kid is never going to play whatever this sport is like you could just see it they hate it They, they they're there for social hour and that's it uh versus like when you find i'm I'm kind of going through this with my son because he's in all the things right now and there's some clear paths that he shouldn't do, uh, like baseball. Like, he wanted to go back to baseball this year. I was like, dude, let's just talk. Like, let's be real. Like, you're really good at percussion. You're pretty good at soccer. I think he's got some promise on basketball, but baseball ain't it, man. Like, we we got to just, like, we got to pick something and try. Because if you're going to put all that time into it and effort and, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a – like struggling for struggle's sake is not what we're talking about. That's Stru- what Victor, Victor Frankel talks about. That as soon yeah. as suffering and struggle loses its meaning, it's when people yeah, lose yeah like hope. what struggling exactly like, the there's goal. there's no outcome from that that 
my kid comes out of this and is is a great baseball player. Yep. But he's really talented with percussion, and like I said, he's okay with soccer and some of this other stuff. So it's like, yeah, let's keep doing it. But I don't know. I think uh, adults did this to, to themselves too. Hundred percent. Well, that's what hunting is. What is is a struggle where you're most likely going to be unsuccessful. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, you're hunting over corn or. I will. <laughs> I think, but that's what's fun about hunting is you know when I first started. I was hunting with someone else and I thought it was easy because I was with a guy that was showing me how to do it. And I was like, yeah, man, I get this. You like go in, you look for some deer sign, you set up over the deer sign, you shoot the deer because that's what I did. And then when I had to do it myself, I'm like, oh my God, this is way harder. I'm on public land now. And like I, and then I remember the first, that, that deer down there was the first deer I killed by myself. Um, and I got a reward from that. And then you do naturally, I've talked to Mia Anstein about this. She's a great guide. She was on Restless Native a long time ago. One of my favorite people in the hunting industry, just super sweet to talk to, but an and insane badass. Like, and she's talked about this. She says you, there are levels to which you you go through this. Like once you have accomplished a level, you generally don't want to just do that again, right? Like you're always trying. Like once you get to this 200 inch deer, you're like, man, that was crazy. I'm gonna. I did that with a gun though, and now I want to do it with a bow. And now I don't want to do it with a compound bow. I want to do it with a trad bow. And like, there's always a way to you know challenge yourself more. I don't. I don't think anybody. And then, or and then you're like Clay Newcomb. And it's like, man, I'm really good at killing bears. I bet I could kill two bears in two different states <laughs> in two days. Yeah. You know, it's like there's yeah. always a new way to challenge yourself. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool about it is because we could all sit around with different skill levels, and I can identify with your like your pains, even if I haven't been there or not. Yeah, cold is cold. We all know yeah. what it's like to be cold. Or scouting sucks, or or like it's hard, or whatever you yeah. know, whatever the challenge is. I feel like that's that is one cool thing about it is you can unite around that well cool what do you guys got going on next weekend i'm going back out to land between the lakes Dude, do I'm, some more scouting i'm uh with this cold front that's coming in it's gonna be in the 30s so i am i think the first night i can get back out there is thursday so i'm not sure yet uh i mean i'm definitely gonna be hunting but i don't know where yet i'm just kind of waiting to see how the wind and everything plays out uh, to pick between the, the spots and i think i don't think phil can hunt saturday so i'm gonna be Potentially solo or taking some other folks out, so we'll see. I gotta the, put the plans together. The cool thing about the tree farm is it is like I'm not gonna go out there at three o'clock. They're not out there, but it, like the it's the last two hours of the day. So I feel like it's very convenient for my lifestyle. I can yeah. plan it really conveniently, yeah. and I can be there in 15 minutes. So uh, I'm hoping to get out Thursday night and then one day this weekend at least. Mm. Nice. So well, hopefully we've got some blood on our hands next time so. we uh, next time we convene. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we had Braden Ware, Dan, I almost called you Dan Johnson, uh, Dan Hood. The original uh, Dan. The <laughs> OG Dan and Brad Luttrell. Uh, it's, I think it was David called me out or called you guys out. I wasn't on that episode for because you guys don't do the roll call at the end. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't know who to tag. I don't know who was on there. So, uh, and apparently you and I sound a lot alike, Braden. Oh, this is Brad speaking. I'm now. honored. Um, so, all right, you got Brad, Braden, and Dan. Let us know what you thought of our ignorant rant. Thanks, guys. See Bye. you.